America. If Marvel has turned Logan into a prude, then put him back in the goddamn ground. I don't want him. Welcome to episode 41 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of February 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my pro-mutant propaganda. Patty! Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Don't just follow us. We want to hear from you. Send us messages and comments even if you don't agree with us about something. And speaking of agree, I think we can all agree that Patty and I use the foulest of language. Last episode, we mentioned butts, anuses, labia, fellatio, intercourse, and Rob Liefeld. We use the worst language imaginable while musing about mutants, so there's your explicit content warning. Speaking of suck-ass. Yeah, speaking of suck-ass, so so again, thank you all for, for listening. We love you. We love each and every one of you. Uh, but, but I have noticed that there has been a small spike in the number of listens, which which is nice. But but there's been a small spike in a number of listens to episode one. I, I I feel like maybe it's because now that we're on Twitter and some people maybe notice us and they're like, oh, this fucking thing. Let's start from episode one. Like you please, please, please don't do that. For the love of all that is, is fuck, please just don't do that. I I recently revealed to my new co-workers, because I, I got this new job like a month ago, that uh, that my girlfriend and I do this podcast, and uh, one of them immediately found it and started playing episode one. And I'm like, dude, turn that off. Turn that off now, please. Like, obviously, we had no idea what the fuck we were doing back then. We were just getting started. Now we're experts. <laughs> So, experts. Yes, we are the experts. <laughs> so you can you can ask us anything. You you want to know about editing audio? We got you. We know that. Ex- we're we're experts. Explain all 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 of the editing audio to me, Patty, please. There's there's please a, teach me. There's a button <laughs> that you can hit and it it like kind of like levels all of the all of the voices and that makes it all easier. All the voices? How are yeah. all your voices doing? They're, are they all level? They're, they're good. You are know, all Pouty's voices yeah, level? I got, uh, I got a few different voices, <laughs> so so we got that settled. So, uh, so, so yeah. So thanks for listening, but you don't have to listen to uh, episode one. Because, yes, it did suck ass. And speaking of suck ass, I recently made Patty watch Donnie Darko, <laughs> and she did not like it. It <laughs> was one of those, like, artsy-fartsy, smart people, pretentious movies. <laughs> And Jonathan likes those kinds of things. Like, Stop it. Like that. And Stop. he liked Requiem for a Dream. And like, we're not going to, we can't talk about that movie. All these other. I'm going to end up crying. <laughs> all these other things. And I'm just like, you know, like. White chicks. White chicks, Legally Blonde, you know, quality, quality movies. Those are things that I like. I have a far superior taste in movies than Jonathan. What? And that may make me smarter. But. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm a smart person. I like I like high class things. You know, not like lowbrow things. Listen, Donnie Darko was a great movie, but it I, was I, stupid. I will say though that when I was younger and I first saw it, it, I I enjoyed it much more. It had a much deeper impact on me than it did when we when we rewatched it last week. Although I still stand by that that is that is a great movie. And also, Darkwing Duck is a better DD. I'll give you a 
<laughs> Listen, you're only going to need one D from me, honey. Hey. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But, yeah, it's also crazy because Jake Gyllenhaal looked like a fucking baby in that movie. Like, when I saw the fucking Far From Home trailer and you see him there, you know, but then you immediately go back and watch Donnie Darko from, what was that, 18, almost 18 years ago now. Yeah, he looked like a fucking child. And he was just like 20 years old. It was just, it was just nuts. Also, don't talk to me about that trailer. Just uh-huh. to any listeners out there, because I don't watch trailers. Right. So like, we're going to leave ev- it very mysterious ever. for yeah, you. Yeah, so I want to be, be surprised by every line of dialogue in Fine. that movie. We'll leave it a mystery for Patty. Yes. Okay, good. So now that we've got all that out of the way, let's talk about some comics. Okay. Uh, so so we got to get some of the bullshit out of the way first. We're going to talk about Return of Wolverine, number four. And I have to admit that I sort of enjoyed this issue. This has not been a good series so far, and we kind of ripped number three when we talked about that. I don't even remember a month and a half, two months ago, or something. But uh, but I sort of I sort of enjoyed this. Uh, you know, just like immediately after the fight with the X Men, which they don't initially show, Logan is just strapped to this hospital bed, and Anna is telling him how much of a hero he is. You know, he drove the X Men away. There's all this destruction, but he saved so many people. Uh, th- her fucking son walks in, Perrin. You know. And, Isn't and, that the uh, the fancy water <laughs> that le- white people like? Pe- Perrin? It's something like that. Pellegrino? No, wait. <laughs> Purell? <laughs> yeah, white people like to drink Purell. Spread, we, spread that around. Can we not? Can we? Can we not? Don't drink Purell. It's it's Perrier. Perrier. Yeah, per, per, Perrier. Perrier. Is that how you say it? I don't know if it's French. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's French and just disregard the second half of the letters. Uh huh. Because you're smart and you like highbrow things. Right. <laughs> yeah. So no, Perrier is clearly not Perrin. It's it's similar. He it's makes closer me think... to Karen. Is <laughs> <laughs> to Perrier and a son Karen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so he just like walks in and and Anna starts trying to make out with Logan and he's like, I mean, who doesn't? Well, yeah, exactly. That's that's the whole fucking Everybody thing. Everybody wants to fuck Logan. But he doesn't want to. He literally fucks everything. How many times do we have to bring this up? He literally <laughs> fucks trees. The man fucks Arbor. He's an Arbor fucker. <laughs> well, I mean, watch out on Arbor Day. Every day is Arbor Day for Logan, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or what about uh, if it's just Groundhog Day? You know, you got to keep that hole monitored no, or he's going to no, start no, fucking no. the hole. Right. Leave the groundhogs alone. No, no, no. I'm not going to talk Peter's- about... I know you're not, but I'm going to say, just watch, because fucking Peter's going to get involved, and I'm yeah. scared. We have to protect the groundhogs <laughs> from the Wolverpine, right? Logan fucks the Marvel Universe. All right, anyway, right. moving on. Yeah, but then, then so th- this is all just very weird, because, you know, Anna tries making out with him, and then, you know, he rejects her, and she goes on this cliche supervillain rant. Oh, people are just cogs in the machine, and don't really live, they just work, and blah, blah. Shut up, commie. And it, like... <laughs> It legit fucked me up, though, when she turned and shot Perrin, and then he stood up and had the smile on his face with the blood on his face. That was really, really fucking disturbing, actually. And so it turns out that it's not Anna, that it's Persephone, and Persephone has this interesting, weird, creepy power where she can control the dead and, like, raise their bodies and make them go around and do whatever she wants, and... I thought that was actually kind of an interesting twist. I mean, I'll be honest, 
whatever the payoff is in the next issue, however this concludes, I am so certain that it's not going to feel worth it. And that whatever the reveal is, it's going to be so anticlimactic. I feel like this right here was the climax of this story. And Anna was dead all along. That's like a cliche movie thing. <laughs> it is. It there really is. There is no Anna. There's only Zool. There is no Ana. <laughs> That sounds like that sounds there more like no it. There, there is, is no anus. There is only Zool. <laughs> there is no anus. There's only Zool. <laughs> you want to take it up the Zool today, honey? <laughs> <laughs> That's slang. We can use that in public. Nobody will know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're walking around the supermarket. How's your Zool feeling? All right. Anyway, yeah. I just, I just, I, I don't know. If nothing else, it just, it just serves to show that. No matter what happens to Logan, he can never escape people fucking with him, not even Charles Soule. That is the moral of this entire story, that people, fictional people, will be fucking with Logan forever, but even Charles Soule transcends the whole non-fictional fucking with Logan. So no, all altogether, I thought that this was okay. And again, like it could just end here, and I'll be I'll be happy about that. I'm no. gonna I'm gonna read number five when it comes out at the end of February, and I'm sure it's gonna be awful. But this was okay. I do want to say this though, and this literally kept me up a little bit at night. I was literally <laughs> fucking laying in bed thinking about this. Right. So there's a really short section in this issue where they flashback. To the fight that Logan had with the X-Men. And fucking Persephone shows up like in a helicopter or something. And is just like, listen, I warned you. And if you don't leave right now, I'm going to have Logan shred all these people. Kitty Pride just says, X-Men retreat. Boom. Done. That's that's it. That is it for the fucking X-Men. They, yep. just, they just turned and walked away. Okay. Okay. They spent fucking... Had like 20 issues <laughs> looking, hunting, literally hunting for Wolverine. And it's just X-Men retreat. There was no fucking plan B. The X-Men always find a fucking way after they went through all of that to find Logan. Like if they are not back in the next issue trying to get to him, I'm going to pee all over the floor, America. I swear to God. They need to be back. With literally everybody. The Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Dolly Parton, Zombie Michael Jackson, San Francisco 49ers, fucking Neil Armstrong, Cher, RuPaul, fucking the Beatles. But no, 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 listen, it's, I'm being stupid, but do you, do you understand? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? They just gave yes, up so easy. Yes, No, okay, so I see what you're saying, but I do think that... They're going to come back. I don't think that they're just going to give up that easily. I feel like every writer right now is just like... Uh-oh. Here it comes. No, they're just like <laughs> making Kitty to be like really stupid and like kind of downplaying her and just making her like, uh, can I speak to your manager haircut? And like, <laughs> like fucking like, I don't give a shit about these children. Kill them. <laughs> like... Like, what is with this character assassination of Kitty? They're making her into, like, the most useless field commander ever. Yeah, and that's true. she's just been so bad lately, and it sucks because I loved her. I mean, I don't like who she is now. Yeah. I think she's fucking awful. But, I mean, I kind of see your point, but I know that they are going to come back somehow. 
But what was interesting to me was that Persephone, like this entire town was dead. Yeah. And every person there she was controlling. Yeah. Like nobody noticed it. Not Logan. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I mean, I think it would be stupid if they ended it here. I know they're not going to. Well, you know, actually, you just and I'm sorry, but you just kind of brought up an interesting interesting point. Now, I didn't go back and read issue three uh, before reading this, but maybe there were maybe, there could have been a clue in there, though, and that I'm just not remembering about, you know, them all being dead, because you would think that even if their minds are being controlled and their bodies, like, you know, being moved kind of like puppets, that Logan would still be able to smell something wrong. Yeah, I mean, if not literally smell it. Figuratively. Yes. Like when you smell yes. what the Fig- rock is cooking. <laughs> <laughs> You're not actually smelling what he's cooking because he's not cooking anything. Do you but- know that that <laughs> saying came out when I was in kindergarten and I had no idea what it meant? I, uh, I was so confused. You make me feel so old sometimes. <laughs> When we talk about, you know, because I was in, like, middle school, and we'd be in, like, homeroom, and I had a couple of, like, kids in the homeroom who were obsessed with The Rock back then, and they would be saying that, and they would literally do the people's elbow to this one kid, and it wasn't, like, serious, it was just for fun, like, you know, he would, like, lay on the ground, and the one guy would point and then run to one side or run to the other side, and then just casually walk over, and then boom, just drop. (laughs) You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about. know. We'll what you're watch a video about. later. People's right. elbow. People's elbow is good. That sounds that sounds like a communist thing. The people <laughs> the people's elbow. Anyway, you were making a point before I interrupted and we got talking to the uh, about the rock. But anyway, <laughs> so listen, I found uh, this huge flaw. You just inadvertently found a huge flaw in Charles Soule's writing and you still think that issue 5 is going to the X-Men are going to come back and it's going to be okay. I think it's they're going to come back. I mean, what else were they going to do? Just be like, fuck? Pretty much. Let's that's just that's, go home and listen, just fucking listen, fuck each other. That's literally what happened in X-Men and Uncanny X-Men number 10. They just went, that's literally what the fuck <laughs> happened. That's where they all are. That's where they all are right now. That takes care of that. Kitty Pryor was like, eh, let's go home. And Nate Gray was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. They're. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is... I'm sure it's not taking place at the same time as no, what's going is. on right now, but... No, it is. It is. Well, so so Kitty, Kitty's like, let's go home, and then they just evaporated. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's stupid. Well, honestly, and we've talked about this, and I'm not going to get back into it at length, but I think they're trying to refresh some sort of status quo, and they're trying to bring certain quote-unquote classic X-Men to the forefront again, and so Shadowcat is kind of being shoved into the background. I think that's what's happening. But she's like, you know, one of the most popular X-Men. Yeah, that doesn't mean that she should be leading. She can still be part of the team. She can still be part of the team, but, you know. I mean, at least if how she's being written now is how she's going to lead a team, then I don't want to see her lead a team because she's doing fucking awful. But yeah, maybe they set it up like that so that she was just fucking awful and nobody would care if she was like in the background. That's what I'm saying. I think that this was deliberate, that they set this all up like this to make Kitty Pride a less likable character, so it's going to be easier to kind of shove her into the background. And I know we're kind of going off on, like, these different tangents, but I literally, I'm laying in bed, and I'm thinking about Return of Wolverine <laughs> number four, and I'm like, wait a second. You weren't second. thinking of me? What the fuck? Before I went to bed. I, I take care of that before I get in bed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I'm laying there, and I'm like, wait a second. They just fucking left. So, I, I don't know. 
Again, I think that the reveal here of Persephone was interesting. I think the whole thing with Anna was a really interesting <laughs> sort of twist. But I have no hope whatsoever in how this how this is resolved. Why do you hate Charles Hull? <laughs> I have my issues with him, and he knows. We've talked. We've hashed it out in person. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about X-Force number two, uh, or X-Force two, which sounds like Air Force two. So this, this time <laughs> we're going to be talking about the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to the last episode listeners all right so um so no it, it was cool it, it dove right into the action x-force goes to save a bunch of mutants that were gonna get fucking killed you know in the middle of all this i'm glad to see that domino is calling cable out on his shit he got some he got them into this mess and old man cable wouldn't have wait is this also taking place at the same time yes as okay so they're in transia yeah, there's all there's you know these mutants that are gonna go get fucking slaughtered and x-force is trying to save them and everybody's willing to kill all these soldiers except for cannonball pussy <laughs> i actually had a hard time telling who he was at first with the big chin yeah <laughs> they made they made him look so ugly in this issue and the only reason i could tell it was him was because of the fucking goggles yeah but you know and that and that's kind of that kind of brings us to the art. I feel like it is starting to grow on me. I, I didn't know where I was going to stand on this. The last time we we talked about this, I was like, I don't know which way this is going to go. It's And I know some people hate it, and I 100% understand why. I really do. But just in this issue, it started to grow on me. Maybe because I already knew what to expect from issue one, and I was okay with it. But I, I do agree that Cannonball... His face is ugly, but then again, there's Warpath, too. Warpath has been drawn pretty hot in the past. Yeah, he looks like a horse. <laughs> so there you go. It's it's the artist. And I don't totally mind that, to be honest with you. It's not like I'm looking at the art and I'm like, ugh, the art is ugly. It's like you look at it and it's like, these people aren't drawn, like, contemporarily attractive. You know, how, like, everybody, especially so you're in the 90s, like, was. You're supposed to love them for their personality? What is that? <laughs> what the... <laughs> but uh, I thought that this was interesting. We we see Ahab is working with that commandant that killed the president last issue. And, and I thought this was really interesting. Why this commandant, who's now the president, hates mutants so much. And, and you get the reveal that it happened to his kid, and you see... What has happened to his kid? But his kid isn't like some beautiful butterfly pixie right. character. Right. It's like a fucking like maggot who's like covered in pus and shit, and he's just like kill me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, but but that's that's right. And there has to be there has to be space for that in in this sort of world. Not every mutant power is fucking flashy and frilly and useful. I you think, have something like this happen. I know that this is not the place to discuss, uh -oh. but. I think that was actually brought up in that Inhuman series that we read. That, like, not everybody can have these, like, pretty yeah. pretty powers like yes. Medusa. Absolutely. Like, some of them are just going to be beak, you know? Yeah, I 100% I agree. That kind of shit needs needs to happen to, to sort of bring some balance and believability to this fictional world, as believable as it can be. But this was really interesting because... The motivation for the Commandant to feel this way, it made sense. The President started allowing mutants in, and then that's when the, his kids' ma power manifested. Well, condition manifested. That, that skin just looking like 
fucking like blob just massive just grossness and he's blaming it on mutants for infecting his son and ahab is like uh no it it doesn't work that way um you know it's not contagious mutation doesn't manifest until puberty and that's common knowledge and the commandant is like no that's pro-mutant propaganda and i'm like you know who else talks like that about science (laughs) yeah anyway no but that was really interesting First of all, I thought it was cool that they brought Ahab in here. They're keeping a lot of things in continuity right now. They're keeping a lot of things like really tight, and I and I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad that we're seeing more uh, more of X Force call Kid Cable out. But at this point, though, I just feel like maybe it's just me, and I just need to get over it. Yeah, Domino call him out at the beginning of the issue. Shatterstar even goes after him in like the middle of the issue. And really, it's just, he just keeps saying the same thing. Like, old man Cable just got soft, was allowing things to happen that he shouldn't have been. So I took him out, and now I'm going to do the fucking job that I need to do. That that old man Cable should have been doing the entire time. So so really, I don't know what else to, needs to be said. I guess I just feel like I, I've needed to see more from these characters. I think that, you know, like... Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, next issue, a fucking Warpath will confront him. And then the next issue, maybe Boom Boom will confront him. Yeah. And so where the fuck is Boom Boom? Yeah. Where the fuck is Boom Boom? Are we real? Are they really just going to fucking uh, move around? It's Boom Boom's day out. <laughs> it's Boom, boom Boom's day, day off. off. Boom Boom Bueller's day off. Yes. <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. Boom Boom Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess... I feel like I'm I'm nitpicking a lot here. I'm like, I need to see this and I need to see that. But at the same time, when when some of this action slows down, I need to see more of these characters interacting with each other because that's one thing that happened early on in, in X-Force. When it was still New Mutants and they were working under a cable was that they felt like a family, you know what I mean? As much as they argued... Like a dysfunctional exactly, family, yeah. As much as they argued, it was there. I felt that. And and we're you're only... like, yeah, this is like my family. Yeah, pretty much. We just call each other, you know, like, hey, you prick motherfucker bastard. <laughs> you know, like that's this that's just reminds me of home. <laughs> so that's where you get it from. <laughs> but yeah, so so fucking uh, I don't know. Some dude from the future is given the transients weaponry, and then they kill this future guy. And it was it's like, like what in the exchange fuck? for safety for mutants. For mutants, yeah. And then yeah, that's not the happening command, anymore. The command guy. Was like, just turns around and just kills the president and is like, nope, we're going to round them all up and kill them. Pretty much, yeah. And fuck you too, we're going to kill you. And the cliffhanger is fucking mechas. <laughs> Anime mechas show up. And, and that's the end of the issue. I want to be hopeful for this. I do I do like it. It, it is fun. The action, the action is great. Like I said, the art is growing on me. I just, I need, I need more from this. I need more from the characters. Although I do understand the commandant's motivation now and you know that counts for something but um it's it's x-force x-force is fucking dope and i want to see it get better yeah no me too i kind of hope that the art changes on this at some point which you know it's marvel so they always do that i want to see boom boom i'm hoping that after this arc or whatever or maybe she'll just fucking steal a plane and fly there (laughs) that seems like something she would do i just i just want to see boom boom like i feel like the team without her is just too too you know what i mean it's just too too yeah like a too too 
Yeah, it's yeah. just like a tutu. Like a little fucking, like, <laughs> without Boom Boom, they're ballerinas. Exactly. There's nothing more than ballerinas <laughs> frolicking and shit. Yes. That's all they are. Yeah. Now picture Kid Cable in a fucking yes, tutu. Yes, I am. Now picture Warpath in yes. a tutu. Yes. <laughs> all right, so next up, we're going to talk about Uncanny X-Men number 10, because we can't move on without talking about this first. I did like all the telepaths coming together to take down Nate. Even though that really doesn't do a whole lot, and Nate ends up trapping Gene. But this was really cool, uh, seeing Magneto, Blob, and Omega Red snap out of it, and Magneto invites them to help teach Nate a lesson. I thought that was really cool. Some of the explanation here left a lot to be desired, though. This life seed is what augmented Nate's powers, but how and why is he dying? And in order for peace, there has to be suffering and now he knows what he has to do. I just I just feel like, like, what? Where did he get the life seed from? Because he's dying, he wants to make the world this great place? And it still doesn't explain, like, why he's dying or what's going on. It, it just, it seemed a little too simple and flawed to me. I don't know. No, I agree. I feel like this is probably the only story that we're going to get until maybe it's over and maybe they explain why he's dying or what this life seed is. I don't know. I feel like this is like way too big of a problem for like the regular things that we just kind of excuse and are just like, Oh, comic logic, who cares? You know, you know, like whatever it happens who like, I don't remember how Jean came back, whatever. That's not a big deal. She's (laughs) back, you know, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, uh, I don't know. She's back. You know, you don't need to know the specifics, but this just seems like too much of a stretch. I understand him wanting to like create a better world. Yeah. But the thing is that like, as we'll talk about later, his new world is very flawed. Yeah. So. Tell him how to govern, Patty. Do it. <laughs> lay, lay, lay it down. Lay down the new government. <laughs> I guess I guess maybe after the event is over, maybe we'll get an explanation. Maybe we won't. Maybe it will be like 10 months from now and we'll forget what happened. And he'll just die. And he'll just die. And, and he'll that's, just die. And that's, that's what we'll get. And that's probably what's going to happen. That probably is what's going to happen. Somebody's going to have to kill Nate Gray, and then everything's going to be like, okay, again. And then we're going to forget. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and that stinks, because I, I had been enjoying, for the most part, Uncanny up until this point, and I was just waiting for something more. But as Gene and Nate are like in his head, and they're talking, I'm like, you're you're still you're still falling short of this explanation you're still falling short of of what the fuck is going on with you and why now and just all of that and but then all of a fucking sudden boom thanos snap just and it's done yeah literally that was it it was just like a white page black page black (laughs) black page racist jesus So, uh, yeah, it was basically just like that. There w- then there was nothing. Yeah, and, and then when it comes back, people are happy that, like, the X-Men are gone and no more X-Men is the headline and the anti-mutant vaccine went into circulation and, but then there's Scott and Scott just walks away. And that was, that was beautiful. I don't like to see him leave, but I love watching him go. But, uh, but besides that, yeah, this, this was like, okay, so that happens you know uh so uh now they're all gone we, we miss them but <laughs> but we'll 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 get more into them and we can't talk about that without talking about 
Uncanny X-Men Annual number one. Because we all saw the fucking preview. We all saw it. We all saw it. <laughs> so why are we talking about it? Because it was a beautiful preview. And, and he's literally coming out of the grave like, how? And we get the, a flashback. And I love how a younger Scott has his costume on underneath his clothes. That is obviously, he's not the only character. Like, you know, Spider-Man would do that kind of thing. But I just feel like Scott is the character to be wearing his costume under his clothes. I he love is a fucking dork and I hate him. Yeah, well, too bad. He's a beautiful dork. So the problems that you had with Return of Wolverine, I had with this issue. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it made no sense. I was thinking about it for a while and I felt like maybe I missed something and I went back and reread the explanation. And I was like, no, still doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay. So explain it to me. I will. Okay. I will. Cause, 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 cause I get it first. I love him. Okay. <laughs> that's the first. Let's, let's just make that clear. And, and that's not the last time I'm going to say that we're going to have to circle back around to that a few times, but just as I'm talking, keep in mind, I love him. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I love this, how Cyclops saves this, like, fucking college kid from this fucking resentful professor that's mind-controlling robots, and it's hilarious. And Kid Cable visits the college kid after 10 years. The kid's name is, is Paul. And Kid Cable is like, listen, Cyclops helped you, now you're gonna help him. You have to fucking make, you have to, like, rebuild this phoenix cage, but you have to make it real tiny. And I had to look up the Secret Avengers issue that it referenced, but I remember reading it at the time AVX was going on. So, so yeah, they made a phoenix cage to try to uh, trap the phoenix force back then when it was coming towards Earth. And But I'm looking at that and I'm like, that is what resurrected him? So here's the thing. So that phoenix cage got built really tiny. So then Kid Cable took it and implanted it in Scott, before Jean kissed him, when she got resurrected last year, and that phoenix cage trapped some of the phoenix force in there. So, yeah, Scott dropped back dead, but he was able to be resurrected with that little bit of the phoenix force in that phoenix cage. But did she, like, give it to him? She didn't give it to him. She had no idea. She had no that, fucking idea that, that, is, that was happening. That is... I call bullshit on that. There's I no... Love him. Okay, there's there's no way this this explanation is so it's so convoluted that I was like, first of all, what is this phoenix cage that they're talking about? They're they just referenced it for you, Pat. Okay, well, whatever. It was a work cited page. <laughs> so I thought that the explanation was really convoluted. I thought it was kind of stupid. This is this is something that I finished reading and I was just like. Comic logic. I don't care. He's back. Whatever. <laughs> I it love doesn't him. it doesn't matter the specifics of what happens. Damn right. He's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man and he's back now. Ugh. He's back. No, I do I do have some complaints about this issue, which I'm gonna get to. So this all turned out to be really interesting. It was just but it was it was cute to see Scott's face. Just happy. You know, cause cause this dude Paul is like, listen, this was the least I could do. You saved my life. Like I have a wife. I have a kid now, got a job, things are, are good, and, you know, it's only possible because you saved me those years ago, but... Wait, and Cable knew that Scott was going to kiss Jean because of time travel, I because guess? Because of time travel, yes, yes. Did he say that? 
Or is it just implied? That's just some, this is how time travel works. This is why you don't listen. You don't understand the mechanics of time travel, no. and I feel like that's why you didn't like Donnie Darko. And that's <laughs> bullshit. You should have taken some philosophy and physics courses while you were taking your audio engineering <laughs> courses, Patricia. Uh, so I love him. And also, this this was weird though, because Cable is keeping him trapped, and he's keeping him trapped for a reason. You know, you because see that he wants his daddy. You see. <laughs> You see, I doesn't want his daddy to leave again, so I'm just going to trap you. So that douche evil professor gets released, and when he goes home, he sees somebody left Paul's address. And Cable planted Paul's address to make Scott choose who to help. And this was really interesting, but it also, I felt kind of torn, because when Cable is talking to Scott, he's like, you're their leader, you should not have died from some mist. And he like flips a table. <laughs> and I get it. I, I get that emo moment. But at the same time, this was fucked up to force Scott to do. Uh, Cable is like, listen, the X-Men right now are all fighting for their lives against, you know, this really powerful dude. So you can either go help them or you can go save Paul. Because that fucking angry professor is going to attack him right now. So he makes Scott choose. And Scott chooses to save paul instead of going Which to help the x-men was really stupid why okay so yes from like a writing standpoint i love him okay <laughs> i hate him but <laughs> from a writing standpoint and yeah. trying to make this all work and have scott not included in this event and have him exist outside of it yeah he couldn't have gone to help the x-men but logically he should have gone to help the X-Men, even though he would have just been sucked into this vortex, which he wouldn't have known. Saving one guy is not worth it. I think that's really stupid. And, mm -hmm. like, okay, he's already saved this guy before. Like, everybody <laughs> gets one. That's it. That's all you get. You know, you're not like my friends and family. You don't get the friends and family discount like the X-Men do. <laughs> you know, I can save them more than once, but everybody else only gets one. I do not at all disagree with what you are saying. But here is what I have to say about the rest of this issue. Is the rest of this, including Scott's decision, was to characterize Scott a very specific way. And it was to take back what other writers had done to Scott leading right up to his death. It was to change that revolutionary Scott back to Boy Scout Scott. Ugh, I fucking it was hate him. to completely reverse... All of that very natural characterization that he had. And again, I have to come back to this, whether you get annoyed or anybody else gets annoyed. I love him. I still fucking love him. That natural progression just got fucking completely rewound and undone there. Yeah, I was happy to see him save Paul because you are right anyway. It wouldn't have made any difference if he chose to go help the X-Men because he would have just been sucked into the alternate reality anyway. It wouldn't have fucking done anything but scott pre-missed death would would have absolutely jumped at the chance to help the x-men out of this one absolutely fucking would have but what really got me was when they're on the fucking beach and he says he was wrong that he was wrong and that he was a monster 100 percent no he wasn't a monster I, I, I get it. He's had some time to calm down now. The X-Men are gone. But listen, man, fighting for the rights of your race as a minority, even through unconventional methods, does not make him wrong. 
it, it didn't. He was not, as somebody who worked for Marvel, say, like a Hitler-type character. Because he was not trying to eradicate humans. He was not trying to eradicate inhumans. He was trying to defend his race from attacks. And even once mutant kind was reinvigorated after, you know, Second Coming, shit was still happening to them with the Terrigen Mist. And we know what Emma Frost did, and that's a discussion for another time. But that wasn't all Scott. You know, Scott cares about mutant kind above anything else. He was not a fucking monster. The only monster anywhere near here right now is the monster energy drink I am holding in my fucking hand. All right? This is the big monster energy. He is not big monster energy. That's what I have to say. The only time I have ever liked Scott was when he became this, like, revolutionary after, like, around the time of, like, AVX. I feel like every other issue I've ever read with him, I fucking hated him. He's a fuckboy. He's a boy scout. He's, like, the goody two-shoes. You know, I just, I just hate him so much. And now he's back to this, and I can hate him again. So, I'm sorry that, you know, you love him. I do love him. I love him. Really, he's always been like my most hated character. Okay, that's that's fine. That's fine. That will certainly make things more interesting going forward. I don't know. When I first read this, my initial reaction was it was just excitement. You know, it was excitement because I was so happy that he was back. Because you know, obviously, I, I do love him so much. But but yeah, and and for the most part, this was still a very interesting story. This was a very interesting issue, an interesting way of doing things. I like what it showed us. Um, I like the flashbacks. It was also really interesting too, the the coloring on on the flashbacks to make it look flashbacky. But yeah, no, I, there's a couple of serious issues with this. I, I am so excited to see what happens to him going forward now, especially with this team that he's going to be putting together with Wolverine and Magic and a, and a bunch of them. Now that the X Men are are gone, that's going to be super fucking interesting. So we'll see what happens. But this brings us to the last new comic that we're talking about. Since we've gotten everything else out of the way, Age of X-Men Alpha. And this was another another example of, you know, the coloring and the art because it does look very With the old-timey. cover by Phil Noto, which is fucking <laughs> oh, gorgeous. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. But uh, no, the, um, the interiors, though. This, oh, yeah. It, it just popped like, like, and the actual drawings themselves and the coloring to make it like pop, it, it looked like 1950s. Which it seems like is what they're sort of going with with this time. Yeah, it's like that time period that like everybody is like idyllic about and just like, oh wow, those were the days, you know, like the, that's the America we have to get back to, you know, yeah. make America great again. We're talking about the fifties, and everybody, you know, ha- like looks at it with like rose tinted glasses. Yeah. And I have to say, as somebody who has an extensive wardrobe of you know, like pinup dresses and flare skirts and all that. Like I have fifties glasses. I wear fifties makeup. I, you know, I love the fashion, but everything else was fucking awful. You can still go and get a milkshake with two straws that you can share with, (laughs) you know, your partner, but also you can be openly in a biracial relationship you can openly be in a gay relationship. It's not illegal. Women are allowed to have credit cards now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, abso- absolutely. Absolutely. But 
somebody screams out in pain and suddenly time is frozen. And then the X-Men show up and Magneto and Nate are with them? Oh, what? And there's a movie billboard, Planet of the Sapiens, starring (laughs) Kurt Wagner. So they get this little girl, uh, Luna, and Nate takes her to the Summers Institute, which Warren runs. And it seems sort of like the Xavier School. And I'm looking through this and you see, you know, like a hot dog stand and just like people in the street. And it seems like, you know, mutants kind of dominate. And then Warren mentions history and how Hope and her X-Men sacrificed themselves and the resolution beyond that. And so, you know, there's some mystery in there. And as they're walking through the hallways, you see some of the students. And you see Sunfire in a bow tie eh, teaching civil management. Sunfire teaching people about keeping peace. Patty. I love him. Sunfire. I love Sunfire. Sunfire. He's such a good boy. He is not a good boy at all. He's a good boy. But but he is such a good boy. He is such a good boy. (laughs) And he was wearing his mask in class. He was so cute. I know. It was it was amazing. And they show (laughs) they show Glob with some chickens. (laughs) And there is such such a concerning face on Glob. And it's like, find out in next gen number one. And I'm realizing that it's like, okay. Mutants aren't just dominant. Everyone is a mutant. And you kind of get this, like, people don't couple anymore. So there's no, like, romance or anything. But then what about... So that was a thing in that arc of X-Factor that I was telling you about recently. Mm-hmm. Where the original five X-Men were on ship. And ship was, like, transported to this alien planet. Where they had, like, these people who were, like, perfect. And then they had, like, the ugly people, and they lived separately, (laughs) and they made the ugly people, like, battle for whatever, and the pretty people only, like, reproduced through science. This sounds like a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) I forget, I forget what that, what the arc was called, but it was really fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely, it's it's possible I I haven't read that. I don't, it definitely doesn't ring a bell, but, but, you know, I I understand what you're saying. But anyway, yeah, so 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 that was kind of weird because, you know, it's like Bishop and Jean sort of touch and then they end up spending the night together and Bishop he's never got done that, that bush before. up. He what's what? What'd you say? Bishop got that bush up. Bishop got that bush up. Yeah. <laughs> right, face down bush up. Right, right. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Like, I just, I want to get deeper into this world already. Yes. Uh, I did like, though, how it kept, how they kept referencing stuff. It's like, you know, like, if I'm looking at Nightcrawler, like, what the fuck does Mastermind have to do with him? And were those really the cuckoos as sort of, like, his agents? And it's like, what's going on with Nightcrawler? Find out more in there. You know, what's going on? What's on Glob's mind? Find out in Next Gen. And then, you know, these... I couldn't, I love how you couldn't remember the name of what Nightcrawler is. Yeah. When it's literally Blair. <laughs> when it's literally called Nightcrawler. The amazing Blair. That's what it's called. Um, so then there are, you know, the extremists. Okay, so I know that I've seen people post about the extremist series on, like, Dazzler groups. And people are like, oh, I'm so excited for this. Blah, blah, blah. I love this character. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, do you realize that they're fucking, like, pigs? Like, hello. They're not Listen, They're not the good guys in this book. Don't fat shame the blob, all right, is what I'm saying. Oh, also, <laughs> the blob looks like Ron Jeremy 
on the cover. So there's there's that. How do you know what Ron Jeremy looks like? <laughs> what? what are you watching without me? <laughs> so not the extremist, but the other side of that, the Prisoner Acts. Yeah. That is the series that I'm most interested in. Polaris? Not just because of Polaris. I mean, I do love Polaris, but I am most interested in seeing Bishop's story. Even though, like, I've I've been uh, pretty mad at him after, you know, Messiah Complex and all that. Everyone else forgave him, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't forgive him. <laughs> so we, we still hold a grudge, but I'm, I'm interested in this storyline. I really am. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's still a lot going on here. A lot that's really mysterious, aside from this book referencing the miniseries that are still going to be coming out. Because you've got fucking, you know, Bishop just disappears. So, okay prisoner prisoner x so so fine but you also have his replacement and so that was weird there were a couple of panels that you know i really had to think about for a second because the x-men walk into like their meeting room and they're like aren't we missing somebody and then there's like this one panel of no dialogue no movement it's just like a pause and then the next panel is like nate just saying like of course we are and then all of a sudden laura walks in and then you, you see that shot of that big painting of the X-Men, and Bishop isn't in that painting anymore, which we saw at the beginning of the issue. Now it's Laura. He basically just, like, rewrote history. At least I'm assuming it was him. Yeah, so it's that, just some big brother shit. Yeah, it was it was really weird. And yeah, there's, earlier in the issue, they call it Hatch Day. And I'm like, you know, I didn't think much of that at first. I'm like, oh, some stupid saying. But then you realize, yeah, obviously, nobody is having sex. You can't have a romantic relationship. That's why the extremists went after Bishop to begin with. And so... I am very interested in the reasoning behind that because it doesn't really seem to make any sense. Or I can't think of any reason that you wouldn't be allowed to. Why do you think so? Just because, like, if, if this is really, like, the ideal world, you would think that, you know, everybody would be fucking... Well, or, but the thing is, is then you have jealousy. You have jealousy and anger and resentment and that kind of shit. Think about the love. So then just nobody gets love. But that's worse. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I think think you probably had a good point. But also I was wondering why they took Bishop and not Jean when it was also like her third offense too. I guess it must have been. I guess it must have been her third offense. They just like wiped her memory. Yeah, like reprogrammed or something. Maybe it's because she is a telepath. Maybe it's because she's power. She's like, I mean, on on the scale of things, I would put Jean Grey's power level over Bishop's. You know, yeah. maybe they need her more than they need him. You know what I mean? But this is something else that I thought about. I'm like, why is, even though I, I'm not a big fan of Bishop, I still don't wa- don't don't like how he's getting the shit end of the stick again in, yeah. the, in a fucking reality warp. You know, in Age of Apocalypse, it was okay, he was mostly quiet for a while, but he was more of like a plot device and just like, oh, the one guy who remembers things from the real universe, and now here it's immediately thrown him into, you know, the fucking prison. Now, obviously, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen with Prisoner X. I don't think it's going to be peaceful. I don't think we're going to have a bunch of issues of them just sitting quietly in a prison cell. But still, that this still kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, and if he has the power to like reprogram people, why didn't he just do a bishop? I don't know. Lots yeah. of lots of questions. 
I guess maybe he's worth more to them in jail doing, you know, labor for Forever 21 or whatever. What? You say la- <laughs> yeah, labor yeah. for Forever 21? Yeah, I mean... Is that um, what prisoners do? Yeah, a lot of prisoners... Does Forever 21 control the prison system in America? <laughs> yes. Is that what Patty... Is Patty, is that what you're saying? Yes. That Forever 21 controls the prison system in the United States of America? Yes, that's why I disagree something. with uh, for-profit prisons. That's why Abolish I, them. That's why we Abolish Forever 21. This is why we don't trust anybody who is 21 years of age or younger. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if, you, if you can't legally get shit-faced, <laughs> you know what? We don't trust you. <laughs> Um, anyway, you know, I, I think that as far as somebody remembering what's going on, I think it might be Glob. Yes. Um, because I thought more about this, you know, you... Or the chickens. <laughs> Glob and the chickens, maybe. Y- you flip, you know, to like the very last page and it's, you know, oh, follow everything in these six miniseries. And it's something I never thought about before. When you look at the cover of Next Gen number one... All of the students, and there are a bunch of students on that cover, are moving like a herd of sheep to the right, and but you see Glob in the back is the one who stands out apart from everybody else. Not just because of the color, but because of the pose. Also, Martha is floating in her, you know, fucking brain jar. Um, I don't know if maybe she is going to remember something too, but um, maybe Glob knows. Maybe Glob remembers. And that's why we got that shot of his face, him looking at the reader like, guys guys i need help with the chickens guys you know so i think maybe he's going to be the bishop of of this age of x-man that maybe he remembers yes when you bishop on a star <laughs> when you to... bishop on a star <laughs> when you bishop right you get it how cuckoo is a movie star nightcrawler how do you think bishop felt sliding into them jeans you think about the disappointing absence of Adam the Extreme from the Extremists. That's a fucking war crime. While we take a quick commercial break. Are you a geek in need of aid? Uh, no. Ow! Oh my god, what the fuck? Are you a geek in need of aid? Y- y- yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm actually bleeding pretty badly. You can find all the aid you need with GeekAid.com. Please don't kill me, miss. I never got to meet my hero, Rob Liefeld. Ow! GeekAid.com is a website with podcasts, articles, and videos about all kinds of geeky topics. From video games to comics, movie to TV shows, music to horror. If you're a fan of something geeky, GeekAid.com has got you covered. Do, uh, do you have any content about NFL Super Pro? He was such a deep and underrated... Stop by GeekAid.com today. Wolverine is everywhere these days. Yeah, he literally just walked into my house like an hour ago, took a dump, and used my shower. But one place he is not is starring in a cartoon. If you missed the Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon, then check out the Facebook page, One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men. Don't even know the guy, but now my bathroom smells like Mitch McConnell looks. (laughs) One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a page where you can find news, awesome artwork, and merchandise for sale. It has all the necessities for fans of mutants. And before he left, he spackled a crack in the wall and then made a pass at my ficus tree. Stop by One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today. Alright, so, we're going to talk about a little bit of news. And we got a couple of other things to talk about. First, Rob Liefeld is doing something. Boo. (laughs) He upset me once in person. (laughs) <laughs> also, his art is very bad. What? He's really bad. I know nobody ever nobody makes... Nobody has ever nobody said that. Nobody has ever made fun of his art. He draws faces really weird. His mouths 
are fucking stupid. Rob Liefeld has multiple mouths? <laughs> yes. Yes. You heard it here first. Right. But you got the multiple voices. He's the one with the multiple mouths. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And together you make one complete multiple man. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Also, I mean, he's gotten a little bit better at drawing feet, but there was one cover that I saw that he drew with X-Man on it. Yeah. That looked like he had these, like, fucking, like, heroin feet. Heroin feet? <laughs> you know, with, like, the veins sticking out, like, for him to, like... Listen, you don't have to explain. You know what when I'm someone talking says, about. When someone says heroin feet, instantly you know. You just know. What kind of feet? And he's got, like, size <laughs> 20s, and he's one of those, like, homeless guys who walks on the boardwalk with flip-flops that are 10 sizes too small for him. Those are the feet he has. He literally looks like Jesus on that cover. <laughs> anyway, so Rob Liefeld is, is doing something. Starting in April, Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld, uh, co-creator is how it should read. Yeah, I was gonna say. Will venture into a new corner of the Marvel Universe, the heroin corner, apparently, <laughs> with Major X. Oh my god. Major Axe! A six-issue limited series featuring a new Liefeld creation who hails from the alternate mutant utopia reality X-istance. <laughs> X-istance. Okay, so you know, you know how people are always like, oh, it's New Jersey? Well, where's the old Jersey? So <laughs> if this is X-istance, where is Istance? <laughs> Also, is there a Y system? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure. I'm sure all of you guys have seen that this at, at some point. The major X, he, it, it just, I saw it and I was just like, ah, uh. and I am so shocked that that was not just everybody's immediate reaction. I was just like, what the fuck year is this? Like, this is so bad. And I guess they're still letting him do art for some reason, which is fucking, I don't know. Jesus Christ. He, he looks... My apologies to all Rob Liefeld fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, all one of you. He looks like a mix of, like, Judge Dredd and Cyclops when he had the X over his eyes. I thought at first that it was Cyclops. I, In... hope that, I hope that's the reveal. <laughs> I really fucking this do. Is, this is like the most fucking 90s thing I've ever seen. It's just like he has <laughs> he has the mind of like a 12-year-old. Just kind of curious to see what kind of like flaming car crash this is going to be. You it's know what gonna I mean? Be, it's going to be... I'm like, going to buy every fucking issue. You can read mine if you don't want to support it, but I am buying every fucking this, issue of this. This is going to be like an unironic version of Adam X. Listen. That's how I feel. Leave and like Adam out of this. Adam you X. Leave him alone. Adam X started as like, like everybody was just like, what the fuck is this? And now everybody loves him just because he's so fucking stupid. I think it's the opposite of that. I think at the time it was, it was what it was. Cause he 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 worked for he that was a product of his time yeah and and it worked for that time and i think since then is is what's happened that a lot of people have come to see it as a joke so when you see adam x in any appearances in the past decade it's like oh let's get fucking extreme and everybody you know in that x-men 92 issue adam x you're welcome in the box you yeah know what i mean I, listen i'm writing an article about adam x if you didn't already know now you know i'm writing an article about adam x it should be out in april but i really think he 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 gets he gets treated unfairly 
Whereas Rob Liefeld is a different story. Um, <laughs> Rob Liefeld gets what he deserves. But anyway, this is going to be a six-issue limited series. The story sounds really silly. Major X comes from a mutant Shangri-La, so it's some sort of utopia. And he escaped following a tragedy and built some community and a terrible event happens and Major X crosses over into the Marvel Universe that we know. So... Fingers crossed, here's hoping Major X shows up in some some tie-in some tie-in comics. Maybe he'll show up in Daredevil. Oh my god. I, I didn't think that this was gonna be it. I remember uh towards the end of last year, you know, there was that announcement, Rob Liefeld working on something big yeah, for and X-Men then he, in 2019. Then he showed the sketches and I thought it was a fucking joke. <laughs> I literally thought it was a joke. Yeah. So it's it's not a joke. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. All right, next piece of news that's worth mentioning is that the Fox films may be canceled. What? Yay! What the hell, you say? As of right now, as far as I know, it's still unconfirmed. And also since this, you know, unconfirmed announcement sort of thing, Channing Tatum has come out and said that, I think he said that he would fund the Gambit movie to make it happen. No, but it's really, it would not be surprising to hear that the things that they wanted to happen cannot actually happen now because of, you know, the the Disney-Fox deal. And, you know, this includes any future X-Men films like Kitty Pride and Multiple Man, the Doctor Doom film, and Gambit because it's been years. It's been years and they haven't been able to get production on Gambit started. So if it doesn't happen, then it's not going to, period. Same with X-Force. So we don't know, like... You know, again, these, this is sort of rumored, but we we're kind of expecting this at this point. And I'm just kind of like, we're not going to get of any, any of uh, Gambit's man bits, <laughs> none of Tatum's tater tots, huh? Oh my god, worth this... the, worth the jokes. I don't care. Yes, worth yes, the worth the jokes. You know, this is surprising to nobody. I've heard uh, rumors that people at movie theaters were told to not even put up the posters for dark phoenix yeah i don't i don't believe that i'm not looking forward to really any marvel x-men movies because at this point i don't believe that there can be any good x-men movies but at least we're never going to get another bad fox x-men movie so that's and that's that's the highlight that's true but so there are rumors that the way marvel plans on setting up the X-Men in the MCU is by giving some characters their own TV series. Uh, what is it is going to be the Disney fucking pay channel that's, you know, yeah. not Netflix, whatever the fuck it is. And they're, they're going to do something similar with some established MCU characters. Loki's getting a series. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is getting a series. And so I think that this is the smart way to introduce the X-Men into the MCU. Because think about it. Other than... Wolverine, possibly Storm. How many people are going to flock to the movie theaters to see a fucking Cyclops movie? Uh, uh, leave out the fact that you don't like Cyclops. But how many people would go see that, even though he's a staple of X-Men history? Jean Grey, a Jean Grey movie. How many millions of dollars do you think that's not going to make? So uh, At this point, honestly, with how, like, how the superhero movies are going i think that it would make a shitload of money it wouldn't make as much as it could make no matter how bad they are like people just like flock to the movies to see these fucking things even if they're bad because they just have this like fucking hard on for superhero (laughs) movies now well i'm thinking i'm thinking like this like 
so the X Men, it's a little, it's a, it's a little different to me than the Avengers and the people behind all of the MCU movies did this really did did a really good job and they did this smart they set up these individual characters first before bringing them together so that shows them that that sort of formula works and that's why I'm glad to I hope that this is more than that this is actually how they do it I'm glad to hear this and I hope it's true because if you get an 8 episode Cyclops series, or not even take a, just a few, an eight episode Wolverine series. Set him up. In yeah, the MCU. I would not watch an eight episode Cyclops series. Okay, I'm sorry. okay, an eight episode Storm series. Yeah, you'd watch that eight episode Magneto series. You would watch these things, and then all of a sudden, they're all together on the big screen, and you can introduce the X Men, a bunch of them. So now we, most of us, already know who they are. They're in the MCU. And you can throw, like, the Brotherhood at them or something like that. And that would be fucking amazing. This is smart. You have to set up some of these individual characters first because that's a huge problem with some of the X-Men films, with pretty much all the X-Men films. You get all these characters, no development, and just a fucking rush story. Regardless of X-Men 1 being a Wolverine movie, look at X-Men First Class. That movie was okay, but you got all of these characters you don't care about because they get no focus. Fucking, there was Angel, Banshee, Darwin got killed, and it was stupid, Havoc, like, none of them got any focus, and then, so it, it doesn't matter, why do you care about them? I, I I don't know. No, I agree. I don't know, I mean, they haven't announced anything yet, when they will, yeah. I'm not gonna watch the trailer, so. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, again, this is a rumor, probably not news to anybody, but I saw this because it comes from a source that has reported factual things before, and, and so, there you go. Alright, so the next thing we're going to talk about is some of the Gifted. Even though the Struckers are sort of like my least favorite part of the show, I think it's cool now that Lauren can make fucking blades. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is like the coolest development. And also, she's kind of losing her shit. Yes. So that's cool too. It's that music box. Uh, I kind of like how Polaris and Eclipse are sort of getting back together. Yeah. But I also call bullshit because Polaris has been doing a lot of sneaking around uh, the inner circle now for her to not get caught. Considering the cuckoos are there, there are probably cameras and shit. Like, just with that one new guy, I think his name was Max, I think, got suspicious of her. I, I do call kind of bullshit for, for a place like that, for her not to get caught or any, any suspicions yeah, on no, her sooner, you know? I'm sure that she's going to get caught, and I'm really afraid because she's, like, the best part of the show. Yes. And then, you know, there was that thing where Blink and Thunderbird got into a fight, and Blink decided to leave and join the Morlocks. Yeah. And then when they were going on a raid, the glowing lady, she she got shot, and... They needed uh, Marco's special glowing blood, <laughs> and so she just blinked herself into the apartment and was like, "Come here, I need you." And also, Mother Mother Strucker, I need I need you to Mother Strucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Erg was like, "No, no humans down here. I've already been betrayed once." And they they go to the hospital, to the clinic, and they, they steal the, the blood machine. And then it goes, spins around and makes the blood good to use. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck science is. 
<laughs> but and then and then Erg was like, maybe you humans aren't so bad after oh, all. Oh man! But then then he scrapes the sewer with his finger and wipes an M on her face. Yes, he does. So okay. Do you know what is in sewers? Poop. Yes, he put <laughs> poop on her face with his finger. But clearly, she's into it. Yes, she smiled. But you know, I mean, that's that's the thing that some people are into. I like the show. It, it it's good. I still can't stand mom, but you know that was that was all cute. She she did a good job. It is sad to kind of. I don't know how the fuck is this is gonna be resolved. To be honest with you, they just killed like so many mutants. They were supposed to meet up with uh, Evangeline and like some other people from the underground, and then you know the the fucking building got bombed, just explodes. They're all fucking dead. Any survivors of the underground don't want any part of working with like Thunderbird anymore. So uh, the Morlocks are going to have to fucking save the day somehow. I, I don't know. I like even though, you know, Erg is, you know, kind of kind of not wanting any part of any of these people. We still got to see his power. You know, he lashed out at Thunderbird. That was interesting. So I thought that was cool. We got to see his power. I don't know. Why are Reva and Ryan meeting? Benedict Ryan. That was a big question mark. And I feel like they kind of just skimmed over that. What? They just re- they really just want to divide people? And want mutants pissed off and want humans pissed off? Is that really uh, pitting them against each other? No, that's it. There's there's gonna be an explanation. I don't know when, but they they're going to have to explain it. I fucking hope so. We've got like two episodes left, and honestly, I hope that this gets renewed for a third season. I am, you know, I, I have my issues with this show, and we've talked about it before, but I do like it. There are some really great characters. There's some really great moments. I want to see the show do well. But honestly, like, and I'm looking at like some of the ratings, the viewers, you know, it's not, it's not that great despite positive sentiment over it. So even if we get a third season just to have some sort of resolution, I'm fine with that. Uh, And the last thing that we're going to talk about is Wolverine, the long night, not the comic book adaptation, which they just started, but the podcast so cine solo on instagram recommended this to us a couple of months ago beware of of spoilers if you're reading question mark (laughs) if you're reading the comic book and you haven't listened to the podcast or you're interested patty loved it i really liked it i would i would recommend it it's 10 episodes I was kind of iffy about listening to this, just because I'm not too much of a podcast guy. <laughs> what? You don't you don't see why that's funny while we're recording our podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only like I listen to uh, one every single. I week. listen to only our podcast. <laughs> I listen to one every single week from geekade.com. It's called the Stone Age Gamer Podcast. It, it's great. And occasionally I listen to another one from Geekade called the Waveback Podcast, which is about video game music, which is also great. But other than that, the only time it was when I was forced to for a class, I had to listen to cereal, not the kind that you eat in the morning. And it was okay, but you know, but this was actually really interesting, Wolverine, the, the Long Night. Just just how you can kind of tell a story and how, you know, you have to rely on on sound. You know, literally. I mean, it's like, duh, but it's not something that I thought much of to have this like narrative they storytelling. They used to do that before TVs, like World of the War, War- World War- of Warcraft. Yeah, before they had War- TVs. War- Back on the computers. Of the world. The old timey computers. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I, you know, I was never. Yeah, no, but I agree. <clears throat> I didn't think about something like this too. No, and, and I never listened to like you know fucking creative fiction or creative nonfiction, whatever, on the fucking radio. 
So, so it was really cool hearing all of these things and thinking about it as I was listening to each episode. So it's 10 episodes. Each episode is roughly a half an hour, a little bit less. So it's not too bad. You know, I would listen to it to and from work every day. Um, I do have to say that for the most part, it's not much of a Wolverine story. His presence is definitely there from episode one. But it's not much of a Wolverine story. It's more of like a murder mystery yeah. with Wolverine. In Alaska. In Alaska. So that's dope. So it's almost Canada. It's almost <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> you know, it had a very TV show sort of feel. Like, you know, obviously you're using your imagination. Like you read like a, a book where it's just words. You're using your imagination. But it was the same here. And I could... Kind of almost see it like a law and order type thing when they're talking to each other. You know, like you can tell like their heads are turning at certain instances and the audio cues that like, oh, it's a flashback now. That was really cool. You know, so there's two women in this town who've gotten killed, but really it opens with this boat full of dead people. And there's a cult and that's neat too. And Wolverine sounds like a real shithead. And they're talking about, like, these women getting killed and decapitated and all that kind of shit. And I'm thinking, like, early on, obvious, Sabretooth. It's got to be Sabretooth. Yeah, and everybody's like, claws. Yeah, the claws. claws. And, like, a little bit later. The claw. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's just, it's a really interesting look into, like, the people surrounding a world in which like a mutant exists because we see these X-Men stories obviously that focus on like the X-Men and all the shit that they do but what about the people around it that are like byproducts of like destruction and them destroying something or accidentally killing somebody or purposely killing somebody you know so that's so that's kind of cool but you know after this boat full of dead people these two special agents get called in Agent Pierce and Agent Marshall. Agent Pierce is a woman. Agent Marshall is a dude. And they have very distinct personalities. And that's really cool. Agent um, Marshall uses a fidget spinner. <laughs> so he's relatable. <laughs> and Agent Pierce has a vagina. So she's relatable to at least 50% of the population. That's true. <laughs> So uh, she's she's like a real hard ass, you know. She's a bad cop. He's a good cop, I guess. They never he got the fidget spinner. Yeah, he got the fidget Have spinner. Have you ever met a bad person who uses a fidget spinner? No. The answer is no. So then we have the rest of the cast of characters. We have um, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, I love Bobby. Who is just like this stupid sixteen-year-old boy who she got hired 16. onto the police force. And calls himself a peace officer. Yes. And he's just like one of those like cute, oblivious, fucking idiot boys. He's very twitchy. Yeah. There's a reason why he's twitchy. Yes. And then we have the Langrocks. They're the rich motherfuckers who run like everything in this town. They right. they own the boating company. They have like warehouses. They they do they do lo- lots of things. They they have dogs. Two two goldens. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're Sheriff it's, Ridge. Yes. Who is... The Sheriff. Bruce. Yes. <laughs> sheriff Ridge is the Sheriff. Sheriff is not his first name. <laughs> not to be confused with Judge Reinhold, who is an actor, but not a judge. Um, somebody out there. Somebody out there knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. But Sheriff the... Ridge was voiced by Scott Adsit. Yes. Yes, he was. Yes. Happy you know that. <laughs> I got a picture with him. He's... I know you did. Okay. 
It was actually when I was waiting online to get a picture with Jerry Duggan, yeah. just for any listeners who weren't there. At New York um, Comic-Con? Yeah. That at, one at, day? At New York Comic-Con. He was just in line, <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, you're Scott Adstick. Can I get a picture? Hey, yeah. And he asked to see- He's a shield see... agent. In the Marvel Universe, he's a shield agent. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, he asked me to see how the picture turned out, to make sure I got a good picture with him. And I yeah. was like, that's cute. It's nice. So we have the Langrocks. We have Dad Langrock. Yeah. We Joseph. have- Joseph is the dad. And mm-hmm. then we have the, the older one. Brent. Brent. Right, the Brent. Hunter. The hunter. We don't like Brent. He's a hunter. Yes. Automatically, he's the bad guy. He's like the apple of his daddy's eye. And then we have... Hudson. Hudson. Who is the accountant. Who is the river. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my New Jersey friends. What the fuck? And and New York friends. Yeah, he's he's the accountant, so we know he's going to be the hero of the story. So we know he's going to be the monster of the story. (laughs) And yeah, so he's he's fat is the explanation that we're given. And uh Wait, his... what? who's fat? Hudson. Hudson isn't fat. I Who thought Hudson fat? was fat. I don't think Hudson was fat. I thought it okay, I thought somebody said that Hudson was fat. So <laughs> I was just imagining him as fat and balding, just stupid accounting guy. And <laughs> and his dad hates him because his mother died during childbirth yes. with him. So that is the background. And also there's the cult called aurora aurora and nicholas prophet yeah that was it that was so that was interesting and so so here's the thing about that and i remember so so i listened through it twice just because i i because i wanted to i wanted to catch some things and i wanted to make sure that i didn't forget and it was also very interesting listening through it the second time knowing certain things so remember you saying that you know what the fuck was a cult there for basically and i think they had you know, they don't confirm it, but I still feel like they had something to do with this monster. Because, again, spoilers, as if we haven't spoiled anything yet. It wasn't Sabretooth. There was a monster. And I think that maybe them and the caves and, you know, the carvings and the stuff did have something to do with the monster. Because when they explain later, like, oh, you know, that monster was a mutant. Like, well, then how come, you know, how come we didn't get any readings that there was another mutant in the area? Oh, well, maybe it was only when the adrenaline was pumping. That's oh, bullshit. yeah. That's I, bullshit. I didn't think about that. That yeah. I just figured that he was a mutant. I right. didn't. Okay. Yeah, you have a good point. Maybe so, yeah, it was so the there is an actual monster, and I don't believe that, that it's a mutant. But so I had mixed feelings about Wolverine's voice in this. At first, I was not sold on Richard Armitage. The speaking parts you do hear, a lot of growling and fighting and stuff like that. And I thought that was perfect. The the sounds and noises that he made, but I wasn't completely sold on the voice all the time. I don't know what you thought. About. I thought I thought he was fine. I thought he okay. made a good Wolverine. Okay. You know? Okay. I do think the agents were amazing and... I was not too happy with the reveal in the final episode. It didn't sit very well that these two agents were working for Weapon X, which I kind of suspected from the beginning. But what threw me off was how invested the two of them got in the other murders and investigating and talking to other townspeople about other things that had nothing to do with Wolverine, only for it to come back at the end, that yes, they were working for Weapon X. But not only were the two of them working for Weapon X, they were sentinels. They they weren't human. 
And I didn't know how to feel about that either. But what made it really interesting, listening through it the second time, was hearing those clues about, I think Pierce said, like, I don't need sleep. Uh, Marshall not wanting to eat. Just little things like that. Oh, uh, if there was an explosion and Pierce and Marshall sees Pierce and he's like, you've got blood on you. But there's no, it's not like you're bleeding. You, that's your blood. We need to clean you up or whatever. It's just you've got blood on you. So so that was actually kind of interesting um, how they just threw those little things in there. And obviously to tell a good story, you have to pay attention to little details like that. Yeah, no, I, I thought like it was just like the little things that were so great, like just off the bat, like, they never say, you know, like, I'm, you know, officer, whatever, of the blah, blah, blah. You know, they they just say, I'm I'm officer, blah, blah, this is officer, blah. Yeah. And... Blah. <laughs> and we're looking for blah. And uh, so I thought, I thought that was interesting because I just assumed, okay, so they're FBI because they keep calling them suits. So it's meant to make you, you know, Throwing try... Yeah, yeah, it's try to, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so overall i thought that this was a very very good podcast yeah and although there is a satisfying conclusion that is sort of sad because when pierce powered marshall down i wanted to cry i literally wanted to cry yeah, i loved him i loved him he... so much hearing that voice you know kind of go like you know it was just ugh, it was really sad but even though that sort of concludes, Logan is still out there, and they leave it open with the possibility to have another another story. And if you didn't know, you know, or if you care, a season two has been announced. Uh, so it, it's going to happen. So they, they obviously wanted to leave it open, I guess, enough. It makes sense that there's going to be a season two. I'm really happy. Yeah. Again, I, I did really enjoy it. I don't think it was so, oh my god, amazing. But I'm glad I listened through it, especially twice, and I'm I'm willing to give season two a shot. Yeah, me too. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com and One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us feedback on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What do you think of the Fox films all potentially getting canceled? Are you excited for more Age of X-Men? Join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. Until then... When you bish upon a star was right. <laughs> yeah!